Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the stream. Welcome back to the podcast, wherever you're watching or listening from. What a game week we have had so far through game week five. With me tonight is Damo and Dom. How are we going, fellas? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Sound a little bit nasally for those that are wondering. We do have a slight still nasal congestion thing, but we're all right. And Dom, how are you, mate? Mate, Chelsea Football Club will be the death of me. <laughs> I think they're definitely going to be uh, very central to some of the conversations that we're going to have tonight as well. And, you know, there's a lot to go through, and that's in the title for either the podcast or the stream it's around the review really of this interesting game week because the template has failed really um a lot of the popular moves from the week prior have backfired and some real you know underdog type players have really come through and some real low ownership guys and a real opportunity for lots of rank so just before we do get started if you are here in the stream Make sure you get in the comments. Let us know that you're here. We're going to be asking some questions. We'd love for you guys to contribute your questions along the way. If you're watching the video back, make sure you join our league as well. The code is spinning through the, the stream the whole time as well. And make sure you get in the description and make sure you jump over to the Discord and get amongst the community over there on Discord and on Twitter. So I think the first place to start with Game Week 5 is what the hell is going on because the average points is relatively high for what I think the ranks are showing. So the average points are sitting at 40, but I'm at 43 currently, and I'll get my team up in a minute. And I've still got a, a pretty relatively good green arrow of about 100,000 spots. Now, on Saturday, after Odson Edward had scored, I was um, up around the 400K, and I'd gone up about 700K whilst I was on stream with FPL champs. So my game week has been reined in a little bit with the Arsenal clean sheet, that's kind of wiped out a lot of my um, gain plus a Newcastle clean sheet because I don't have any of those. But what I wanted to bring to you guys, Damo and I, we spoke about this a lot last week around rank and not overreacting and someone who we all respect majorly is FPL Raptor and he's gone from about 600K or something around that mark to 1.6 million this week and he's ranked 9.3 mil in the world I think there's only about 400,000 managers that have a worse score than FPL Raptor this week. So if that doesn't put it into perspective, then, you know, FPL can be one of those funny games. But I need to have a quick look at our teams because I think off the top of my head, Damo, you could be first off the rank this I week. Think I, I think I am for the first time in so the loads of team game in. weeks. Uh, which, look, to be fair, for the five game weeks for this to happen, I'm very happy. Like, I, I, I am indeed. And put it in perspective, ranks... I reckon been... you dodged us. You dodged us the other week when you uh, had your other worst one. You are on the Gold Coast. So don't say once, it's twice. Is it twice? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't yeah, know. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, should have gone to my, the Gold Coast again. My, my, my <laughs> overall rank of 80K still says I'm doing Yes, well... All right, getting yeah. to it. Anyhow, look, obviously a couple of decisions have gone against me here, but outside of that, I'm... Pretty happy to not be on a massive downward arrow. I do think once subs come on and, you know, if there's people that have bought the first sub, which I don't, uh, or he's not coming on, um, then, you know, I'm going to lose a bit more rank. I am winning one of my head-to-heads and will win it, which is fantastic in my paid league. But let's just talk through the team. Um, obviously, the big big one is the big zero-pointer from Chilwell. Uh, obviously, a bit of a shock to see him not start. And uh, got yellow card within five minutes of coming on, which was superb. 
Uh, and obviously, if he doesn't come on, we get the nine points from Botman. Next minute, I'm on 50 points, and I'll keep my top 50k range. So that's how close it is for me. You know, I'm eight points off a, you know, saving my rank, so to say, according to live at field. Uh, but look, if you look for the rest of the team, uh, you know, all the big names kind of didn't do the business this week. You know, I brought your doji in, doesn't keep a clean sheet. I thought Chef looked really good. Uh, Madison didn't create anything. Bruno had a stinker. Um, obviously, Sulla's the big one. You know, it should have been a third assist, but uh, unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, but, you know, as Salah owners were very happy. And then Harlan's Harlan, you know. I tossed and turned with Paul will know this and can confirm. I did have Salah captain up to about a couple of hours before the deadline. Uh, stuff. And then uh, the big decision for me that's gone the other way is obviously Arch, the hero of game week four. I decided to take his upside and such low ownership against Spurs. Banking on Spurs to concede with Botman. Um, on the bench, plus Botman being still not 100% from injury, didn't know if he was going to start. So, uh, you know, like these guys when, you know, Paul had the Udoji 12-pointer on the bench, um, I've got that one there wrong, and that's the difference between me having a, you know, a relatively either really small or a slight up with Arrow. Yeah, and I think that typically happens, you know, at some point, you get your 12-pointer out of Archer taking your pun against Everton, and that one comes off, and I think, you know, if you had your time again, I think you still make all those decisions. And the, the Harland salad conversation is only really a hindsight conversation because if Harland puts away two of the other chances that really, he had five chances that he missed, that, it, you know, four of them he typically bury. If he puts one or two of those away, we're not having the conversation, Salah versus Harland, and that's just unlucky. Look, at the end of the day, the main reason I went Harland over Salah, even though I said it all Saturday, I didn't really want to put it on Salah because I don't think Wolves were great. And we were pretty poor to it at 4-4-2 anyway. Um, is mainly because West Ham haven't kept the clean sheet. And if there's anyone that's going to score, and he ended up scoring anyway because he's a robot, is Harlan. And then, you know, if you watch the game back, sometimes you just got to take bad decisions or decisions that haven't worked out and take away the hindsight and go, what did the eye test say? What did the stats say? And the eye test and the stats were saying with Harlan that he probably should have had a hat trick on the day and he made the right call, which still pay off. Yeah. And I'll bring that to my team as well because it fits in quite nicely. So I'm sitting on 43 points at the moment, which has got me up about a hundred odd thousand spots, I think from, yeah, just under 1.1 million to 983. So I'm pretty much a hundred thousand spots up at the moment, but with Turner still to play, I do have Pickford coming off the bench. And just for those that didn't know, I did make two moves last week. One of those being Bruno Fernandes coming in for Matoma. So that was a minus one in points. And then I also brought in Odson Edward Fijia Pedro, which ended up being a plus one in points there. So my transfers actually uh, evened out to a, a nice even zero points gained or lost over the weekend, which is a bit frustrating. Damo's already spoken about you. Well, that's someone we're going to speak about in a bit more detail. The one I wanted to speak about was Vardiol. So I don't know, boys, if you saw much of the City game, but he had taken up a much more advanced position in that game. It looked like from the highlights that I'd seen, he was able to generate a lot more expected assist. If you have a look on the data on the screen there, he had a 0.36 XA and most of that would have been from the cross he put in back post for Haaland that has missed a wide open net, uh, which if that goal goes in, Vardiol gets himself you know, an assist, Harlan gets himself another goal as captain and I'm absolutely flying. So I feel like I've been absolutely just robbed of points from Vardy since I brought him in. He got robbed of a clean sheet against Sheffield United and then Harlan misses a sitter, you know, and I'm talking about a completely different 
fantasy asset in that one. But I'm pretty happy with him and my team sitting out, and I've just taken it off the screen. Um, but Nicholas Jackson is someone who I might let Dom talk to a bit more. Um, I've spoken quite a bit about him already <laughs> on my video that's already gone up. So I'll let the conversation there go for Dom. So Dom, you want to share your screen? But I'm happy where I'm at long term. Everyone's talking about Bruno in or out. I thought in the first sort of hour, he looked really good. I thought Man United did create a lot of chances. Rashford actually had nine shots, but only two of those are on target. So that's an interesting uh, bit of information for Rashford owners. And he had that assist wiped out by the ball being over the line by only an inch. So another day, Rashford puts a couple of those chances on target and he has a big haul. And then that allows Bruno to keep floating. But then the concern for Bruno was he ended up really, really deep late in the game because Man United had brought on so many attackers that they needed someone to to anchor a bit more and allow that to happen. So that was just circumstance there for Bruno. Away you go, Dom. Uh, so I currently sitting one point lower than you, but do have Joao Pedro coming on for a stupid game. So sitting on, I finished the game week on 49 points, which I'm pretty happy with. Uh, should shoot into the top two million, um, but yes, this is my guy here. That's Musa can't, Diaby. Can't, can't wait to get him on. That's the only good thing I've done all FPL is this guy here. I think so far this season. Um, bags another assist and has a brilliant run coming up. But uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take the forty nine. I think I think anything around the fifty mark this game week is pretty good. But what I'm what I'm finding interesting and use can agree or not agree the game week rank i thought i had a pretty good score just going on by twitter and the community and whatnot yeah and that's showing i mean it's only a four million what are you what are your thoughts on that your thoughts on well that? i think it's pretty relative because you know i'm 4.6 or 4.1 and then i reckon if you load up someone's that is like 50 that'll be like one mil i think yeah. there's so many scores that are so congested because mm-hmm. everyone that is a template player blanked Everyone yeah. that's on low ownership kind of had a pretty good week. And there's no real big like, oh, my God, this guy got 17 points, you know, or something that has taken, like, the game score away from Dom, I'll give yes. you, I'll give you a bit of information here. So, Aussie, um, Austin, I don't know why he'd done this, but he played his free hit. And to be fair, he got 61 in a week where the average is 40. But yeah. his game week rank is 136,704. Wow. With a 61 yeah, return. So, yeah. you know, I might try and pull up someone else that's maybe closer to us just to, for well, a I bit also of... also think there's a few people that have wildcarded this week as well. He'll go up as well because he's got Isaac coming in for... his Vinicius coming in for Isaac. I know. <laughs> so it takes us to 68. So that's probably a top 70, 80K game week, right? So someone After here that's got games. 52 just for, for comparison. So what... So what do you want at the moment, Dom? 42. So 10 points. 42 will be a 49, yeah. So well, 10 points behind you is sitting pretty much 1 million on the dot. Yeah. 52 yeah, is a million on the dot. So that's really it's, tight. It's very exactly. close. Yeah. Yeah, well. And that's the same. Gen- general rank's the same as well. Between me and Paul, it's only about 20 points. And I'm just inside the top 100K and Paul's at about a mil. So you know, it, it is still, still quite close, congested. And when weeks when all the big names blank, the... Average week score is going to be quite high to relative points because everyone's scores are so close together. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, and it's still early. I heard a stat last week that the person that ended up winning FPL last year was ranked around the million mark come game week eight of last yeah. season. So 
last season, I feel like, was a bit of an anomaly with all the double game weeks and the World Cup and all of that stuff and the congestion that came from that. But it's just it shows that if you play the game the right way, that there's you know potential there to do well. So, look, I think there's one place to start, and it's with Nicholas Jackson, two-thirds of our wonderful podcast uh, owners of Jackson. And, you know, the reason we held on to him for so long had been because of the fixtures, because of the, you know, the pure opportunity he was going to have in front of goal to be able to get returns. But I want to get your views on it first, Dom, whilst I load up a few things on my end. What are your thoughts from a fantasy perspective first? And then how's that translating on the pitch? Uh, Gee, where do I start? Um... I think Damon put it perfectly in the group chat. He looks like Bambi on ice when he runs. Yeah. But it's in another world, he has six goals this year. But it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't it's know. the, fo- it's the forest or... one stands out. Yeah. There was a chance against Liverpool game week one that stands out. The ball gets yeah, flushed yeah. across the box. There's the... There was one more where I was like, you got to be kidding me. Was it at home? Yeah, it's probably a few, yeah. There was a home fixture. I remember him inside the six-yard box as well. And then last night, he hits the post on a shot that he scuffs, you know. Yeah. But he just doesn't – in preseason, I was thinking about this because when – I can't remember, Damo, when we were speaking about it. Was it just at my house maybe? I can't remember. I think, um, so. I think we've maybe underappreciated the impact that not having Nkunku – has had on Jackson, yeah. like from a pressure perspective, not from a output and a data perspective, but I think from yeah. a general, just taking. Starting. Yeah, well, it's not that. I think he feels that he needs to be the guy where at least within Kunku, it took away, you know, another set of defenders and it allowed Jackson to kind of get into some good positions because defenses were going to have to go to Nkunku where I think Jackson's the outlet now and he's just not the guy. <laughs> like he really isn't. Nah. And it, even if we go to the to the stats here, if you bear with me, and we look at forwards, then this is the, the the constant dilemma. And I spoke very much about data last week with with Damo on the pod. When you're looking at XG across all strikers, it's Harland by a country mile. Then it is Jackson, and then you look at his expected points of 25 with an output of 11. Hmm. You're looking at 18 shots, but only six on target. So he's got, you know, two thirds of his shots have gone off target, but 16 of his 18 shots have been inside the box. Like that's just, it's unbelievable numbers, but there's got to be a point where we start going, is it worth it? So I've got a couple ideas on where I'm going to go with Jackson, but Damo, I want to get your thoughts on Nicholas Jackson as a non-owner because I don't think you're going to have the same level of investment as a lot of people have. First of all, I want to get you to maybe unpack the pick of Jackson, but then what yeah. you would do if you're an owner with the fixtures of Fulham away, Burnley away, oh, sorry, Villa at home, Fulham away, Burnley away, potentially going into a wild card to get off of the poor run that we know Chelsea have. Look, it, it's a pick that I have been lucky with is what I would say and like I can understand going for him and I can also understand uh you know why everyone hyped him up of course I understand why everyone's frustrated too right um in a perfect world if money wasn't a factor and money is a factor and I own summer so money is a massive factor um I would have owned him 
with the fixtures they had. And especially what I saw against Liverpool uh, as well. He looked, you know, that was his best performance of his Liverpool one because he looked proper-esque and how he wins the ball back, etc. There was a moment against Bournemouth where, you know, bodies a defender and holds it up and Chelsea create from that. Um, I think Bambi on ice comes from the fact that his touch and his, you know, his first touch, his link-up play looks very... You know, it, it's like limbs and arms going everywhere. Best he looks his best time. when it's off the ball. Like, Correct. he looks his best. Like, the Mudrich one, he plays a quick ball out to Mudrich, makes the run in behind, and then Mudrich slips him through for a chance. That's, for me, when he's looked the best. Same here. And for me, his best is in that movement, bringing others in the game with his physicality, and that's about it. So, in terms of that, uh, you know, I think I, I like him as, an, as a prospect and someone that maybe in the future uh, could have been... You know, someone that comes into the team, maybe, you know, game X26 when the fixtures roll around again. But, you know, I, I've been lucky. But I think you've made all the right decision to hold him this long. And I think if you're planning a wild card in game week nine with the fixtures they have, I know Chelsea haven't really clicked yet. I'd probably still hold him unless you're moving to Watkins early, even though you're going to probably get him in from game week nine. Or take a pull on Isaac right now uh, as well. I, I wouldn't go, he's your priority sell. I want to touch on the Nkunku point that you made, Paul, which is something that I really want to bring up. As I, I think with Nkunku being there, one of the defenders has to go, right? So with one of the defenders having to go with Nkunku, it's a one-on-one where he can be physical. We can, you know, he can turn people. We can, you know, hold it up and link other people in. But it's two centre-backs on him, just himself. He looks like that he's not 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, and then the main concerns around the finishing. So, Don, what are you thinking about Jackson, short-term, long-term? What, what are your early thoughts? Yeah, I think I'm going to have well, now I've kind of, you know, I've gone with him now, you know. Might as well just stick with him until next international break, three games. We've got, what, uh, Villa at home. Villa, Villa are good, they, they concede. Uh, Fulham, Fulham away. Burnley. Burnley. So, you can you can't, and with no other number nine, you got to hold him to the the, the uh, international break. I think yeah. that's it. And, so, uh, I, you know, and it might just click, but I doubt it. That, and that's the worry. So what's your situation at the moment, Dom? Have you got one free transfer or two going into this week? Yeah, I'm going to bank it. Tra- I've got a tr- one transfer, but I'm probably going to bank it, but I think I'm going to bench Jackson. Okay, so Villa. Depend, because obviously Champions League, depending on what happens with Joao Pedro, if we get early news, I'm not sure, but I'm thinking of benching Jackson. Yeah. For Ja Pedro, is that who'll come in? Yeah. One of the two or or a doji against Arsenal. I'm not sure, but I'm leaning towards a benching of Nicholas Jackson, yeah. I wouldn't bench him personally. Mm, yeah. I think he's a good number. Yeah. I think I'll I don't know. Because there'll be a lot of players coming back. You gotta think we had ten players out Saturday. A few will come back. Villa have Europe midweek. Yeah, that's gonna be an interesting. I'll probably. Well. I'll, I'm sure one of you will make will like you know convince me to start him. I probably will start him, but at the moment he's on the bench. Okay, I don't mind that because I've been sitting here all day today, lit- literally sitting here all day. For those that don't know, um, yeah. very set on using my one free transfer. To make a move for Julian Alvarez. That's been you said it last night, yeah. 
that's been in my head because I've wanted Alvarez for so long and I've, I've been very vocal around Pep Roulette, avoiding Pep Roulette. But since Kevin De Bruyne has gone down, Julian Alvarez has missed I think one minute. you've got to hold out to see what happens in the Champions League. If Alvarez doesn't yes. step on the pitch, because they have, I think they have a pisser of a game. They have someone yeah. terrible in midweek and then they have Forrest at home. So they got... Right. Yeah. And that was the thought. So the thought was they play on Wednesday our time. Yeah. If Alvarez doesn't feature in that game, then it's going to be very, very hard for me to Mm. not move to Alvarez for it to potentially be a three to four week punt because I think I could stretch my wild card into game week 10 if I have to. But I think I'm going to really struggle with that because I don't really have a whole lot else to do with my team if I share my screen with you guys. And I might and, just make uh, it a bit smaller. City are playing Wednesday. Early. They're playing ho- and they're playing home. Yeah. City at so home are just a different home, game, aren't they? Home into another home game. So my actual initial thoughts this morning was going to be a mo- almost taking a hit, which I know I said the other week that I wasn't going to take hits, but it was to get potentially a Newcastle defender in and get Alvarez in. Now, I've kind of talked myself out of it, and I think, I'm going to just ride chill well because I can just use your doji the same as you've said, Dom. So I think I've talked myself out of taking the the minus four. But when I look at my team and I look at my team long term over the next few weeks, I don't particularly need two transfers, if that makes sense. Obviously, I'd like Elliot Anderson. You know, he played 90 minutes for the first time on the weekend. If he can find a way to lock a spot in with this Champions League rotation and he plays in the league, then that could be an, another option off the bench if someone doesn't play, and I'll be happy with that. But what I'm thinking is there is a world where I use the transfer this week to just move the Jackson headaches out of my side for Alvarez, take the three-week or four-week potential punt and just and just accept the fact that if he gets rotated, he gets rotated. The main thing for Alvarez, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it because I spoke about it earlier today. His numbers, comparatively, are nowhere near Jackson. So he has had a lot of shots, though. He has had 16 shots, and the same as Jackson, only six of those 16 versus six of 18 have been on target. But 11 of those have been inside the box. He's been involved in three big chances, but he's just returned with these monster assists. He's had five assists from a 1.24 XA and that is just unbelievable overperforming. He's had an expected point of 24 with an actual return of 37. So is there a world where we see that slowing down or do we think he's just that locked in that number 10 role? Because so far we've seen Foden play in there, we've seen Bernardo play in there and we've seen Nunes come off the bench and play in there but Alvarez has been the one, and apparently last year it was the same. When De Bruyne went down, Alvarez then locked the spot in behind Haaland. Do we think this is his time now and he's going to get a good run of games? It's got to be. It's got to be. I'm very certain it is. It's notorious for easing players in. And I think when you look at Julian Alvarez, he's just come off winning a World Cup, probably starts at number nine. For most clubs in the world, I think Pep said to him, you're the guy now, you're going to be my guy. Because, you know, if he doesn't, he thinks, well, you know, Real Madrid need a striker, I'll go there. Something like that. So I think Pep's pretty much pointed to him. And this is showing us now that 
Alvarez, this is your chance. You're going to be a starter for me. You're our future. Yep, Damo. Look, I think with Alvarez, if you haven't got on him yet, the question is, do you now just don't get him until your wild card? My worry is more pet roulette. And I know that we think he's nailed. Like how many times in the past have we seen Foden look nailed and then he just drops out the team randomly? And you know, I think with Foden, that. though, it's an attitude thing. Because Foden's the only one, really. Oh, Foden's the only one of a guy of that quality that's been getting the amount of rotation he's had. And he's had his character question multiple times. I think the fact that Grealish starts all the time, I don't know. Uh, look, for me, I, I find it hard to get on Man City asset, assets for that first reason, is the pepper. Secondly, the numbers, even though they don't look as good, you have to read numbers relevant to the team, right? Now, Jackson's numbers may be great, but he plays in an underperforming team that doesn't have the quality of City. If Alvarez's numbers are great and he's feeding balls into Haaland and he's having, you know, uh, the likes of Foden, Grealish, De Bruyne are feeding him, the quality of chance he might get is going to be better. So when that number's lower... You know, the outcome's probably a bit of a better outcome because it's got to be a higher quality moment, just less of them. The reason Jackson's numbers are so high is because he's having so many shots and so many opportunities, but, you know, it doesn't have the quality around him or himself to take that upon where Alvarez probably starts him up front for us here at Liverpool. So, uh, yeah. you know, his, his end product is much better in a team where the end product is much better. So he doesn't need as many numbers for him to really look nailed. Don't get me wrong, if I had the money, Yet again, if money wasn't a factor, I would have a front three that would involve Alvarez. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I, you know, having Salah kind of shoot towards me into my two four point five strikers, and as much as he worries me, uh, I do think there's enough doubt that he wouldn't even come in for me on the wild card. Look, I don't think he's going to be a wild card play because the fixtures long term for Man City are. I mean, I feel like City assets are just fixture proof. But that's just the nature of Man City. So if we look at his fixtures here, they go Forest at home, Wolves away, Arsenal away, Brighton home, Man United away. Like I see goals in the Forest game. I see goals in the Wolves game. Probably goals at Arsenal because Arsenal love conceding goals at the Emirates. Brighton have struggled to not – haven't kept a clean sheet all year. Neither of oh, Man United have kept one clean sheet. Bournemouth have, you know, kept one here against Chelsea. But then – Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs is an interesting run of games. But again, both Liverpool and Spurs are at the Etihad. I'm going to find it very, very hard not to make this move because I just can't with Jackson anymore. But there's just, there has to be a point where you got to just bite the bullet. And I feel like this year I've done a good job at, at riding the wave with Jackson. But when he shows you absolutely nothing and just scuffs it into the freaking stands all the time. And the, my bigger concern, not even just Jackson, it's the actual Chelsea attack. They've had one return because of Luton and Luton are gone down in 20th spot and they had a good half against Liverpool. They haven't shown anything else all season. Everyone's bought Sterling. You know, Sterling's very unlucky. He doesn't score that free kick. But at the end of the day... What else have we like? I think the pep roulette is worth, as you said, the quality of chances are there. Even if Alvarez plays 30 minutes, I'd rather the 30 minutes, and that's going completely off the script we've seen this year. Give me 30 minutes of Alvarez versus 95 of Jackson at this point. Yeah. 
I would agree with that as well. And look, if I had the money, and money wasn't an option, he'd definitely be like my top transfer target for game week six because of the Forest fixture, even though I think Forest aren't the worst defence out there. Um, what I would also say is you were mentioning the fixtures and going through his fixture list. I'm going to just put it out there. If you can nail the second Man City asset outside of Harland as an attacker, and at the moment I think Alvarez is the best one, and if he stays nailed, fixtures aren't a thing for yeah. Man City. They're just picture-proof. So you just play him. I really, look, and I don't wish it will help on anyone or anything like that, but I really want a, a moment where Harlan is just out for like six weeks. Just to right. see what happens. Just to see what would happen with fantasy Premier League. Who would sell him? Who would keep him? I think he would get quick, you know, get dropping price massively. And what that would create is then, okay, all of a sudden we're going for Alvarez. And now we've got money in because Harlan's out. Does that mean we're going Alvarez and Foden now? Is it going Alvarez to someone else? Is it yeah. just still just one Man City option? I think that would be a crazily cool dynamic as well. I don't wish any hill health. I really do think Alvarez is a very good transfer in if you're going to get rid of Jackson. Yeah, I think that it's going to be dependent on what happens midweek, and that's where I'm at. So that's the main – I feel like most people are going to be in a boat where they've either got two free transfers and they're looking at moving a Chelsea defender – to a Newcastle one, which I wouldn't actually do. I feel like if you own Gusto or Cole in particular at the moment, that you hold them and you ride them because although Chelsea look dreadful going forward, they're looking really good defensively. So they're not conceding a lot of chances. They've kept a couple clean sheets, I think, through the start of the season as Dom's frozen there. So I might... I think I'll get you back. Um, they have kept some clean sheets. So I wouldn't be panic, And I wouldn't panic sell Chilwell this week either. I think that's a bit reactionary. He's been played in a new role. I think if Pochettino's got any sense, there's got to be a world where Chilwell rolls back to left back because he, if we're talking about them creating chances, Chilwell on the wing isn't going to be that option. But if you get Chilwell to link up on the left-hand side with a Mudrich, it might allow Chelsea to do a little bit more from an attacking perspective. We saw that ball that he whipped in for Jackson that it hit, it literally hit Jackson in the head. Jackson didn't head the ball. The ball headed Jackson. And, it, yeah. you know, and another day, if Jackson and, – and actually, the actual header wasn't bad, but he had no intention of going where he thought it was going. And if that found its way into the back of the net, you're talking about a monster play there where Chilwell gets an assist, Jackson gets a goal and bonus yeah. points probably, and, and we're laughing. And then we're not talking about selling Jackson probably at that point, even if nah, he returns. Yeah. But they're the individual it. instances that I go – if he can't put his head on the ball that's being crossed to him on a dime, that's the last straw for me. It's just and I get and I, I bring Odds and Edward in and what was that? I think he was unsighted, so I think that's a bit harsh. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. He's just missed so many of those chances inside the six yard box. I gotta pull the pin because if I it's one of those ones where I've ridden him for five weeks, I've got one return and then one point is in the other four games. Yeah. I'm going to keep falling behind the pack. It doesn't even matter if he returns at this point and I've got Alvarez because I feel like Alvarez is going to get there. And this isn't meant to be the Nick Jackson versus Alvarez show, but I think that's just where I'm at with Jackson. Uh, Damo, I might get you to focus on what your thoughts are around any game week six transfers or players that you're looking for. I will, and I will in a sec. I actually want to touch on something you said. You said something about the Chelsea defence. And I've had Cowell and Chilwell since game one. Um, I've got a question for Dom, being the resident Chelsea fan. What do you what do you think of Chelsea defensively at the moment? Oh, it's not. It's shaky. It's very shaky. I was, I was going to say, say could have easily conceded. 
I don't think it's a defense that you should target, and I don't think it's a defense where clean sheets are expected. Now, I play Coel and Chill together when the fixtures are good, and I try to finish my power to not double up on them at the moment because without Sanchez in net, but I do think out of anyone at Chelsea you're going to go for it is Sanchez, and that's it really at the moment for what we see. Yeah. Um, second thing, Dom, Chill will yeah. be as a left back. What was his? What do you think his average position was on the weekend when he did come off? On the corner flag. It was. Yeah, it but was, that's different though because they're chasing the game. Uh, mate, he, he spent more time inverted instead of mid roll. He's at his best when he's wide on the touch line, linking up with the winger, getting in behind. He did it once and he got ball in the box. I'm not saying you need a quick sell, fire sell, chill right now, but if close. he get, if he gets benched again or he gets. Uh, you know, he plays inverted and doesn't create. I'd much rather see him play left wing where he did in the first three weeks. Um, I I might go down the route of selling uh, Chilwell next week instead of my other options. Yeah, he's getting really close. Getting really but close. That, that, you need that, that extra data, though. Yes, that's correct. I want to see an extra week. I want to see if he can back in the starting 11. And I want to see if he plays left back from the first minute. Um, and it would just be cold into the middle of the park, you would imagine then. Um, as in set, at centre back, I want to see if he plays wide or if he plays inverted because I don't think Chill was an inverted wing back at all. No way, no, he shouldn't be uh, playing inverted. No, anyhow, you had a question for me about game week six, Paul. What was the question? Yeah, so who are you targeting game week no, six, or who should or who who should you be targeting if you're needing to make transfers? Is more okay, of a... well, let, let me bring up the team anyway. Uh, make sure I've got the right screen here, fantasy football hub. I'm rolling because. As much as people panic and as much as people might look at me and go, or look at my numbers and go, oh, David, you're dropping from 49k to probably by the time the game ends and everyone starts coming out to the 100k. I'm in a spot where if I look at my game week team next week, outside of Pickford playing in Buemo, it's a very good game week side. Yes, this question might over too well now, but we'll wait and we'll see. And I have the data for Botman to know that he's going to start against Sheffield. Can you just slide it down a little bit so I can see your bench? Yeah, of course I can. Mate. Thank you. There we are. And obviously, Tony, Yudoji, Semenyo, and Archer on the bench. Main reason I'm rolling is everyone knows that I'm targeting Game Week 7 and bringing in two Luton players, which I know for a team in 20 sounds crazy. But after the data we collated for the weekend, if Kabore starts again, it will be Kabore in and Morris. If I was to target someone for my team, though... Or who should people be targeting? That's probably the next question. If you're a Sterling owner... If you're a Jackson owner, I feel like they're the only two players that really should be getting mass sold this week. Look, I think you're going Alvarez if you have Jackson. I think that's the only move you give it to. I don't think getting Watkins for Chelsea is advised. And you could go to a Newcastle to target Sheffield Burnley as well. With so Champions League, that. I worry about Newcastle, though. Cool. I, really yeah. I, I, I would target Alvarez. And you got you conference league for Villa, whatever they call whatever yeah, yeah, confidence. Midfield-wise, it's a bit more of a weird one. I think if you don't have Ibuemo, I think as much as it sounds crazy to go from Sterling all the way down to Ibuemo, I think it's great because then you can, you can fund the other moves and maybe get Son on as a punt, you know, from Luton or, you know, before you... Wild game week eight. Yeah, correct, right? So I, I think Ibuemo against Everton and then Forrest is someone I would target if you go with Sterling. If you want to go with someone a little bit more expensive... I know you guys might slate me for saying this, but, you know, as much as it pains me, and I know they've been poor, I think Bruno and Rashford are still someone that you should get in for Burnley and Palace as well. I agree. Big time agree. 
especially if they're going to play this um, 4-1-2-1-2 diamond and you're going to get Hoyland, Rashford and Bruno. The first half an hour, they look fantastic. They just got to get the midfield mixed right and Casemiro has to not be a part of it, I think. He offered nothing. Nothing. He has to be... No, 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 no. If you're going to play that system, McTominay's got to be in it because he gives yeah. energy. He's going to press. It's got to be Ericsson, McTominay and Amrabat. That's got to be their three moving forward behind that front three as a triangle. And has to, to be. be. In the first 45 minutes... Or I'll Mount. Yeah. Uh, I'll give Man United. I thought Rashford was pretty good. I thought he was a bit wasteful, but very good areas. Last year, everything he touched turned to goal. This year, it's not, right? And he had a Every- few of those ones, Damo, when he was sitting on that left side and shifted inside and a few flashed past the far post. Last year, they were all hitting the side netting. And correct. And like that's the difference between Rashford the last year getting all these monster holes and this year they're not. That's a smart, fine margin. So I think there's a room where it will, tell, where it will turn. And look, I, I keep saying Bruno, Bruno, Bruno. At some point, all these numbers have to accumulate to something like a city 15-pointer at some point. So, you know. You've got to think it's coming. With another do. penalty. Yeah, look, it, it's... There's going to be a world where Bruno's going to give Rashford free assists and it's going to be free goals for Rashford and United are going to win 4-0 and it's going to be Bruno and Rashford that have done everything. Um, and I'm not a Man United supporter. I've got a Liverpool bad back up here, but I'll be targeting in Wemo. And then if you want someone more exciting, I still think Rashford and Fernandes are the two if you're dropping Sterling. Yeah, uh, Rashford looked really good in that um, first half. I bought his feet running at defenders. Yeah, and then should have had an assist, as I said earlier. So what I want to bring up, on the screen as well is before we get into some questions is who's been getting sold so far. So the game week's not even over yep. and this should be now for game week six. Yeah. Total number of times I've been transferred this game week should be game week six because we've already had the um, deadline for game week five. So Nicholas Jackson, 137,000 managers have already sold Jackson <laughs> from last night. 134,000 have sold Isaac after his benching dilemma. And then it's 95,000, Chilwell, 88,000, March, Rashford at 76,000, and Watkins at 63,000 to round out. Probably the highest, but there's a few there around the 60 mark. Onana, Wissa, Sterling, Bruno, Luis Diaz, Trent, Darwin, Estupin, and 50,000 managers have already transferred him out as well, so there's a lot Crazy. of overreaction to the game week, and that's typically what we see when um, there's a big, you know, poor performance there in, in game weeks. But, you know, I wouldn't be selling most of those guys that are on that list, Bug, Sterling, Jackson. I don't mind the sale of Isaac because you just don't know. And I think a lot of those Isaac owners are going to Alvarez as well. Yeah, because I can't see you going up anywhere. So I think if you're going from Isaac to Alvarez, I don't mind that too because I think Isaac will get used in the Champions League, which is what we saw at the weekend with Wilson starting and scoring, you know, as well. I think Wilson could be a good play in the Premier League potentially, but then I think those weeks in between Champions League, it's going to be hard. I think when there's an injury to one of them, you buy the other one for the period of time that the other one's out and then you get rid of them. But, you know, that could be a play for Newcastle attack. I'm just so shocked that I see Rashford there and he looked really good on the weekend. And, like, if you're thinking about making the move from Sterling to Rashford, I'll wait as long as you can. Get Rashford's price at, like, 8.7, 8.8, and then take it and off you go. 
Um, the other one, by the way, in terms of live price drops is Watkins is literally about to drop right now. And then from game week nine, as uh, g'day to Stella, uh, in game week nine, um, that was that was good. That was fun. Um, in game week nine, if Watkins has dropped down in 7.9, 7.8, that's when he's big his turn on wild card. Yeah. Really good too. So I think there's no one really on that list that I'll be quick fire selling. Yeah. Um, the super one's just ridiculous. Man, he's about to play against Bournemouth. The only reason he didn't play is because he just blew on a play the night before. So I don't know how you can drop probably the one of the most attacking left backs in the league for probably the, and for no reason. FPL wise, probably the best defender in the game. Yeah, and I think there's more people panicking about not having Newcastle defence as well. So that could be people going to Botman because if I look at Trivia. the most transferred in. Well, that's a big price gap, though. So the biggest transferred in at 308000 So that is massive compared to what we've seen. That's pretty much every single Jackson owner and every Isaac owner and another 40000 have gone to Julian Alvarez. Yeah. So he is getting mass transferred in. The second player – wait, I better share my screen because you're going to love this second player. The second player is gonna make me just 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 lose my mind, isn't it? It is James Ward Prowse. Oh, I've been mentioning him to you, Paulie. Yeah, because oh he's been God. playing as a number eight, and that's the it's thing. A like different James Ward Prowse. It is very much a different James Ward Prowse. He's not just sitting there and spraying passes. He's actually involved. He's Waiting in... for a free kick. No, but two of yeah, two of his goals have come from inside the six yard box getting crumbs. So... I can't remember the last time he scored in, inside the box. Yeah. And then so he better. could be look, I, I keep saying no to Ward Prowse only because there's so many good midfielders at the price that he's gonna stop, but he's not gonna stop because look at his returns. Like so he didn't play game week one. He's returned every game. Two assists, a goal, an assist, a goal. The reason why James Wood Prowse at West Ham is a much better prospect than Southampton is that Southampton played very deep. He sat there and it was just all about set piece threat. What Moyes has given him in this new role is you're you're the surging midfielder. So when we win the ball, we go on the break, and these two are creating others playing up front at the time. It's Bold and Tony or whatever. And They're the ones bringing him into the game, right? And then it's like, all right, get your get your bottom into that box at the pace. Be the option. And if you look at his goal on the weekend. Comes surging yeah. from deep, puts it in the back of the net. It's the old oh, Thomas Suchek role. Correct. Couple yeah. that with set pieces, which he's the best set piece taker in the league by miles, right? Yeah. Can't change my mind. With and, Zuma and whatnot attacking his corners and free oh, kicks too. I usually would say with Ward Prowse, I said it to Russell, I reckon, at the start of the season or when he joined. Yeah. It's like, if we were Prowse, you buy him, you just stick him on your team and expect, expect two pointers and then get the 10 pointer when he gets the goal and the assist from the quarter or the free kick or he scores two free kicks in the game. I now look at Ward Prowse and go for 6.1 mil. He is someone that on a game week nine wildcard I'm considering because I could go to elite like Summer and Son, followed by Ward Prowse and Matoma. Yeah, or a DRB. Yeah, yeah correct. It was DRB. Look, yeah. there's one other factor we don't know about yet. It's who's on penalties for West Ham. Ben Rama's been on and off them. Bowen's been off them lately. Ward Prowse has a pretty decent Premier League penalty record too. So for 6.1 million, if you're getting bombing into the box, you're getting all the free kicks and corners, and you're getting penalties for 6.1, 6.2, 6.3 million, 
That's going to be – and if I bring up their fixtures post-game week nine, they go Aston Villa, Everton, Brentford, Forest, Burnley, Palace, Spurs, Fulham, Wolves, United, Arsenal, Brighton, Sheffield, Bournemouth, United, Arsenal, Forest. There's not a stretch of games in there. He could be the perfect plug-and-play fifth midfielder for your team, if we, if he, especially if he's on penalties. So, interesting one to keep an eye on over the next yeah. couple of weeks with hard fixtures. And Buemo still coming in, 103,000. When I bought him... Keep going, my son. He was at 11% when I bought him going into game week two. So, you know, everyone's on the Buemo train. I love it. Salah, 93,000. Again, looking very, very solid. We haven't spoken much about Salah. Then Botman and my boy, Edward rounded out. So, some interesting transfers in for only one day. Well, the... Deadline's not, well, the game we hasn't even started. There's still games tonight. So there's a lot of movement. And that's typical of what we see at the start of FPO anyway. I think come sort of game week 10 to 15, we see some of those less engaged managers drop off and then it kind of will calm down. But before we answer any questions, is there anything else or anyone else you guys wanted to touch on? Nah, I can't believe the stupid and trade-outs. That's ridiculous. All right, and Damo, you're all good? I'm all good, mate. James Will Prowse, what a legend. I reckon he's in a lock in my game with my wildcard. Yep, so there we go. So thank you very much if you've got to this point of the podcast as well. Make sure if you're listening on Spotify, our podcasts and all platforms that you do jump over to YouTube at FPL Dopata to watch us and see us and interact with us on the stream. Thank you once again, fellas, for your participation tonight. And we will see you guys for our game week six content as well. But make sure you jump over to YouTube at Paulie29 and Damo underscore 23 for our own videos as well. And we'll see you very, very soon.